Hello, everybody. It's Thursday night, and we asked that question, Amelia. What's the buzz? What's the buzz indeed? It is Thursday, and we are here for a very, very special episode tonight. The Black Dahlia murder case. If you are not familiar, and in case you're living under a rock somewhere, let me just tell you, this is one of, probably if not, the most infamous unsolved murder in all of U.S. history. The case of Elizabeth Short, a um, a promising would-be actress, cut down at the age of 22. When I say cut down, I'm not being facetious when I say she was literally cut in half. Uh, and that's how they found her. Uh, in fact, it was uh, a woman and her child walking found Elizabeth shirt. They actually thought Amelia um, that it might have been like a mannequin or uh, some. Correct. Yeah. So tell everybody the mannequin angle. Talk to us. Yeah. By the way, had... folks, uh, this is Amelia Pitbull Chapman. I forgot to even introduce. <laughs> I guess. Well, I went right into the show. <laughs> That's okay. Everyone should know us by She's now. She's my right? <laughs> producer and my co-host, Amelia Pitbull Chapman. Hello. And so. Um, the, go ahead. So uh, the the, um, the whole mannequin angle, it was, it, this whole case is so bizarre. Yeah. And um, we're going to get very explicit, guys. So just to let you know ahead of time. So if you don't have a strong stomach, um, just to get let you know ahead of time. Yes. Um, this is um, very graphic tonight. Uh, actually, when they found her, uh, the mother and daughter found her, it was uh, so graphic that it looked like it was a mannequin or a big doll laying the way they had. Yeah. It looked like it was a professional job. The way they had her laying down, it was looked like a mannequin they had gotten from a, a big warehouse or it could have been from a big store like Macy's. You know how they have the mannequins laying straight the way they had her laying down the legs and everything because it, she was nude and the body, the way it was laying, you would be able to tell as you got closer, there was no blood and horrific. And the back of it looked like it was just no clothes and very, very thin person. You could tell right away it was a woman. Yeah. And it, it looked fake, basically, the way yeah. they had her. The other thing that is particularly gruesome about this case is that um, Elizabeth Short was bisected at the waistline. And if you don't know what bisected means, it means she was literally cut in half. Yes. And so let's just, um, I want to warn people. And that, well, I have more, oh God, you should see what I went through. I have more legal disclaimers for this show tonight than than i, I care to know about uh -huh. um probably five or six of them i could uh, not watch a lot of them i had to have a bucket nearby when i was starting to see the yeah pictures. it's pretty it's pretty uh -huh. um yeah it's rough <laughs> it is and it's not stuff. for the faint at heart for anyone that has a bad yeah. heart i would not recommend it, it's really not for the no. for the faint it really isn't no um, so let me just tell everybody, and I I have to give everybody a little inside kind of like a little inside baseball here. I always kind of rag on Amelia for having <laughs> lots of notes. And and I do because I said, Well, you carry so many notes for it, right? Here I am. I'm doing I'm doing an Amelia today. 
Yes. Because I've got like 13 pages right here just on just on the dolly. Yeah, he does. Look at that. <laughs> so let me tell everybody about the case here. So on the morning of January 15th, 1947, a mother and child walking down a Los Angeles neighborhood, it was actually Hollywood Boulevard, uh, stumbled upon a gruesome sight. They found the body of a young naked woman sliced clean in half at the waistline. Remember, clean. The young, clean. Yeah, sliced clean. Mm -hmm. The young woman turned out to be 22-year-old Elizabeth Short, a Hollywood hopeful, a wannabe actress. She was later dubbed the Black Dahlia by the press for her penchant toward wearing sheer black clothing. Also, there was a film out at the time called The Blue Dahlia. Uh, it was a very popular movie at the time, 1947. Short's uh, fingerprints actually appeared. Now, this is, I was surprised to find this out, Amelia. Mm -hmm. Her fingerprints actually appeared in the FBI database not once but twice. The Correct. first was for the um, uh, a arrest record that she had. I'm surprised to find this out. <laughs> she got arrested for underage drinking when she was 16. She also had to have her fingerprints done because she applied for a government job um, with the U.S. Army at the time to work at the canteen. Yes. So now you have to be fingerprinted for that. At the time, and this really surprised me as well. Oh, here's Karen. Here's Karen Rayner. How are you, kid? I'm great. You guys, you started early. I started at 7 o'clock. It's, it's 7 o'clock for me right now. Oh, okay. Well, my <laughs> clock said 7. I got to go. <laughs> so, and, so what happened was she was fingerprinted by the U.S. Army. Mm -hmm. for a job at the canteen and uh, lo and behold her fingerprint showed up in the database so now karen um since you just popped in here here's what we're telling people um how elizabeth short was found and mm -hmm. how they ascertained her fingerprints um just to to fill everybody in at the time and i was really surprised to find this out there were more than and this is 1947 there were more than a hundred million fingerprints in the FBI database. That was staggering to find out at the time. And then I thought about it. It makes perfect sense. Think about how many people at the time were in the military. Correct. Okay. World War One, World War Two. Okay. We're talking about that's the time period. Everybody who enlisted was fingerprinted. Every guy for sure. Uh, and and probably the women too, as far as I know. Um, so that's where we are with with the case right now. They've identified her body as Elizabeth Short. Question has always been: How'd she get there? Who put her there? Why was there no blood at the scene? And what was the motive for leaving her positioned the way she was? Well, there are, uh, even today, more questions than answers regarding the Black Dahlia, but we do know quite a bit about what happened. We, In fact, we know so much about the case that it almost, on, on paper, overwhelmingly substantiates murder by a particular individual. 
However, there are three questions we can't answer. Why she was placed there, who put her there, and who done it. Not necessarily the person that killed her put her there. She could have been killed in one place and transported by a completely different individual. For all we know, we know not, those are three questions that outweigh all the things that we know. And in that case, um, the majority doesn't rule. It's interesting. Very, very interesting. indeed. Karen, what is your take on the Dahlia? So there's so many. Um, the, the FBI files are available. And just part one of those FBI files has 162 pages um, that I started going through. And a lot of it was uh, uh, police officers and, and people witnessing the actions of other police officers and people that were on the scene. Um, what you brought up about the body was clean. There was no blood. What was interesting is that they actually, there is an FBI file about the bristles that they found in her uh on her person and they sent it for whatever they call forensic science back then back in, then yeah right um everything's relative folks <laughs> to, to identify them um there, there's just there, there was so much information and a lot of it to be honest with you on the FBI files it's kind of garbage you know because it's uh yeah it's not really telling you much. It's kind of like, well, I witnessed, you know, police chief, blah, blah, blah over here. And it, it wasn't um, very good. It, it's an, it's yeah. an odd case. It, it's uh, definitely somebody, you know, they, <laughs> we know they have issues, but. Um, we you know, also it, need Karen. We also need to consider the time period mm -hmm. Right. And we we must always, especially in this kind of a case, always we have to consider the location. It's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And Hollywood, despite what people may think, I can assure you, Hollywood is a very, very small, closed-knit community. Yes. If you're not in, you ain't getting in. Unless you know somebody, blow somebody, or show somebody. And have and money to pay somebody. <laughs> well, no, money doesn't even work anymore, Amelia. Mm -hmm. It didn't work back then either. No. No. It was the sound the town was predicated upon sex. That's what it was, and that's what it is today. It's predicated upon sex, not money. People are mistaken when they think that Hollywood is predicated upon finance. It's yeah. not. It's predicated upon depravity, sexual depravity in particular, and anything that's bizarrely outside the box. That's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. That's what you pay millions of dollars a year to support when you watch a movie, when you turn your TV on, um, when you buy merch. Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're making these sick fucks richer. Yes, that's true. You know? But, but you know, the the depravity part of it, okay? Mm -hmm. if, if you were someone that could not be who you wanted to be, right? Yeah. Because you had to 
put on that mask, put on that happy face. And back then, oh my God, mm -hmm. it, it was very uh, uh, white, <laughs> very, yeah. very yeah. clean, you know, and sure. they had this image that they had to uphold. So, mm -hmm. I mean, anything that they did that it might be commonplace today was considered, you know, yeah. depraved back then. Oh, sure. Uh, it, it was not a very uh, free time to be. No, you know? absolutely not. It was a um, it was a bizarre time all around in American mm -hmm. history. Right. Um, we just come out of a second world war. Mm -hmm. America was starting to feel pretty good about itself. Hollywood was getting back to making movies again, uh, and they hadn't for a for quite a while. In fact, the only movies being made during the war were uh, propaganda films, enlistment films, and films sponsored by and paid for by the government, like Stage Door Canteen, like The Stork Club, the films like that. Mm -hmm. uh, this is The Army with Ronald Reagan. Um, very interesting stuff. We have some people in the... Oh, here we go. We have a, I want my slaw <laughs> in the uh, in the chat room. Yes, they made a movie of this, and they fingerprinted me as a five-year-old. They made it seem like I was a, a fun rite of passage. Interesting. Had I known it was going to into a database, I don't know if I would have been so consenting. Well, you're five, so you don't have much. Mm -hmm. uh, this was 75 years ago. Uh, what was forensic back then? Karen, go ahead, take that one. What was forensic back then? Oh, it wasn't. I mean, uh, even fingerprint, the fingerprint cards back then. Now we can just, you know, use a live scan and it's it's in millions of files and the computer's going to find it. Back then they had people that were, that would stare at it with a loop and find all of the, you know, intricacies. And that's mm -hmm. how they would match fingerprints. Um the bristles on the brush, that was very interesting because I was yeah. like, well, you know, who's the expert they send it to? Are, are they going to go out and just, you know, find uh, brush sellers? I mean, they did have them back mm -hmm. then. They had, you know, people selling vacuums and brushes sure. and all that to the housewives. In um, fact, Karen, to stop you there for just a moment, I should tell people that the brush uh, bristles were actually sent for examination to the Fuller Brush Company, which was the country's leading, in fact, only door-to-door. -door. And that's how they used to sell brushes, folks. You ain't going to believe it. You didn't walk into a store and buy a brush. Somebody right. came to your house and sold you one. Yeah, And, and I, I sound like the old farting room here, okay? But it, this is true. I, I know because they did it at my house. And I watched the Fuller Brush guy come to the house. And I watched him demonstrate how the brush was amazing. So, yeah, I mean, think about the time frame we're talking about. Fuller Brush, not the FBI. Fuller Brush Company <laughs> investigated the Bristol. You can't no. make this stuff no. up. Go ahead, Karen. Murder, murder was a lot easier back then, too. I mean, <laughs> you can you can find a drop of blood or test oh, DNA. Sure. I don't think it was until the 60s or the 70s that they started actually collecting DNA that yeah. later on 
when they actually had the technology, I think it was sometime mm -hmm. in the late 80s, early 90s, when they would start matching those things up. Yeah. The so, 1980s is, um, is, is generally referred to as the birth of the DNA generation. Mm -hmm. But you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. Uh, DNA samples were collected from the early 60s onward. Um, had there been DNA uh, collected in the case that we did Tuesday night, the George Reeves Superman case, we might now not be talking about the case, but we'd be talking about the killer of the case, uh, of that actor, George Reeves. But the Dahlia case is interesting from a couple of perspectives. Amelia, give us a little bit of, of heads up uh, with regard to the evidence found at the scene. Tell everybody what was found. Give everybody a sense of how the body was positioned. Tell everybody about that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they ended up finding the body pretty much uh, with, of course, as you said, it was severed. And um, I hate to get kind of gross, but I'm going to get, go there. Um, yeah, but had, we have disclaimers all over. So okay. go ahead. They had ended up, uh, her mouth was cut from like here to here, pretty much giving the Chelsea smile, as they say, is one of the things yeah. where to, they had forced her to pretty much eat her shit her feces yeah and they had cut out her vagina and her pubic hair and everything was forced up there as i'm going to say and pretty much everything else her intestines and guts were taken out and her nipples had been cut out yeah and and pretty much her her head was severed here they had a pretty much had cut or had actually hit her head mm -hmm. and it was a blow to the head yeah. and her anal area they had uh, i guess about an inch or two cut uh, out like if they had had sex but luckily they said there was no semen found yeah so and then they, the way they had positioned her as you said earlier we talked a few minutes ago it was again a mannequin and well and, and a lot of people don't quite understand why certain parts of her body even the police didn't understand initially did Mm -hmm. um why certain parts of her body were cut like her breast tissue was cut her nipples were left intact mm -hmm. but the tissue next to her nipple area yeah was yeah. was severed was, was just very badly no mm -hmm. blood by the way not a blood at blood. all she was very clean they yeah. knew what they were doing very very clean surgically clean that's why i think some some guy had a surgical Real background, medical, medical background, or Absolutely. they knew somebody that was in the mortuary business or they had a mortuary business. That's background. been talked about, Amelia. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. that as well. Um, that's been talked about. Perhaps it was a mortician. That's and they actually had a mortician as a suspect. What we also need to understand is that when Amelia talks about uh, parts of, of Elizabeth Short's body being removed, her vaginal area, um, uh, her intestines were completely removed from her body and stuffed underneath her buttocks, uh, resting um, basically mm -hmm. her buttocks on her intestines. One of the things that was not revealed to the public at the time and did not come out till many, many years later was... Was Elizabeth Short a prostitute or a call girl? No evidence to to that end was ever found. There was no 
uh, conclusive evidence, neither circumstantial, in fact, that she was ever a call girl. There were some rumors that she might have been um, a flirt, a genetically altered, um, biologically altered, that she may have been a, a hermaphrodite um, or she may have had uh, infantile genitalia. I can tell you, based on the police record that I have here, that she did not have infantile genitalia. She was, in fact, a hermaphrodite. She had a male and female sex organ. That's why when you see some photos tonight, you're going to see some very, very graphic photos. You're going to see, a, I want you to notice the incisions around the vaginal area and specifically right above the vaginal area. Um, I'm sorry, folks, but this is the, we've got disclaimers all over the place, all over the place here. So I want you to understand this. I, and I warned everyone, this is going to be a graphic, graphic mm -hmm. case. So the murder created an immediate sensation, due in part to Short's body having been mutilated so horrifically. And the mystery of who would so savagely do this to another person. The nude and mutilated body of Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia, a.k.a. Black Dahlia, is found by a woman walking her three-year-old daughter. Okay, this was on Hollywood Boulevard, a very young Hollywood Boulevard. It was still partly dirt road. It wasn't even paved all the way. Short's body was found bisected at the waist. That means it was a clean cut. Very clean cut. Her, her, very clean, a surgically clean cut. Her blood was completely drained from her body. Her face was cut with a Glasgow smile, sometimes called a Chelsea smile. That means that the cheeks were cut from the mouth all the way up to the ears, mm -hmm. kind of, and I'm going to tell somebody that you, something that you may not know. This is absolutely true. If you want to check it, you can find out. In the movie Batman, the Joker, the smile of the Joker is based on the Black Dahlia's smile. You can't make this stuff up. An autopsy revealed marks to the wrist and necks, as well as bruises to her hands and face. Her official cause of death was determined to be a combination of beatings to the head and hemorrhaging from the mouth. She was bleeding profusely. Again, only dry blood was found. But based on what they found with little to like no blood in her body, they had to say conclusively that she bled to death. That would be an easy, you know, an, an easy assumption. Or somebody, quite frankly, bled her like a chicken. Mm -hmm. Like they literally cut her in half and, and hung both parts to dry, which I believe they did. Um, in fact, I'm convinced they did. During the sensationalized media frenzy, many rumors and misconceptions about Short Rose that she was a call girl, although no evidence existed, as I said a moment ago. She was never a prostitute. So let's get that out of the way. Elizabeth Short was never a prostitute. She was, in fact, a hermaphrodite. She was an actress. Um, she was a woman who had dreams and aspirations of being a movie star. She was meeting some people at the time who she thought maybe could help her. Um, Karen, talk to me about some of the people she met. 
Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I'm not sure because the, the thoughts that I'm having coming through my mind right now, that this has some sort of religious, uh, um, you wouldn't be the first person to say that it, because that's, that's she was, yeah, because she was mutilated in sacrificial fashion. Yes. For people who don't understand what I'm talking about, um, her body was positioned in a very specific manner, very quite deliberately. Um, Amelia is going to tell everybody in a, in a few moments the significance of that. But at the moment, we can assume or at least presume that it that Karen is right, that there was some religious implication here. It's been talked about. It's been suggested. In fact, it's been implied that there was a religious connotation to the way the body was laying. Um, Amelia, so go ahead and tell everybody about the, the specific positioning of the body. Also tell people what was and what was not found. Um, okay. at, at the, go ahead, so I'll let you do that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the uh, the way the body uh, was laying down at the uh, the murder state of the body, uh, who uh, didn't know her really, basically, um, the way it was found, it was like upside down. So you really couldn't tell who it was at first. And then mm -hmm. um, the way they had found her is the only way they could tell that it was a woman at first and that it was a real person was that they had to flip her over, of course. And when they did flip her mm -hmm. over, the way they had found the body, it looked like it had been, like you had said, in some kind of re a religious, yeah. um, in some kind of religious sacrifice or something yeah. like that, because of the way they had found her and the, the way they had cut her, and in some kind of a religious cult. Mm -hmm. And the way they do that is they will do kind of sacrifice, and they cut you a certain way. And then I found in the the way they put candles, things like that, and then they cut you like near this way, like near the the breasts like that and then they say you know religious things like that and then of course they do the mouth like yeah. that and then of course they bunch you let me tell everybody because mm -hmm. i think it's important now to understand because we're going to talk about some of the suspects in a moment mm -hmm. it's important to understand this what amelia and karen are tell you is absolutely correct on both counts i'm going to tie both of them together for you with one of the main suspects she was found in a ritualistic pose in the uh philippines for example removing oh, the blood too i forgot to tell removing you that the removing the skin from the body in particular areas mm -hmm. is is considered part of a fertility ritual mm-hmm and skin does grow back mm -hmm. and it does heal itself. Um, the way they she they were positioned this woman, and I want everybody to understand this. They found her face down. They found her bottom half face down. Her buttocks were in the air. Okay. And all they saw was the back of her head, this the hair. When this woman and her three-year-old daughter uncovered this grisly scene. Elizabeth Short was covered with a blanket 
that looked and basically looked like a whole body laying there. When the police arrived and they removed the blanket, that was the moment that they found that she was cut in half. And you're going to see a picture of that tonight uh, because we have it. Um, we may as well just go right there. The, the, um, the Philippines, I think, are going to come in very heavily here. Um, part of a chastity right in the Philippines, the Philippines is for particularly women, um, vaginal mutilation. And it happens today still, not only in the Philippines, it happens in Africa. It happens in Nairobi. It happens in Kenya. These are all places that mutilate the female vaginal area yes. as a part of a fertility rite. Let's take a look. We're going to go, and I want to warn people, and you're going to hear some disclaimers tonight. What you are about to see is gruesome. It's graphic. And if you have anyone in your presence under the age of 18, I encourage you strongly to remove them from the room. You are about to see some very, very disturbing images. With that, let's go. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Okay, Karen, this was the headline in California at the time. Most notorious unsolved murder in California history. We would now, all these years later, say the Black Dahlia is the most notorious unsolved murder in the United States of America. But can you imagine, Karen and Amelia, the headlines picking up that paper and realizing, oh, I live in a state where this, this craziness is happening and who's next? I kind of do here in Florida. It did happen. Right? <laughs> a few years ago, yeah. This is Elizabeth Short. This is her headshot. This was a a, a movie headshot. that she, she, was, she did actually act as an extra in a couple of films. And so she did have some camera time. Uh, again, another headshot. Different hairstyle, different pose, but you, you clearly see it's the same woman. Uh, very pretty woman, too, by the way. Very. Mm -hmm. You know? Now, I want people to understand that what you are looking at right now, and Karen, it's hard to imagine this, but she's 16 years old in this picture. No, it's not hard to imagine because it, they've had studies about it. People back then, they looked a lot older. Um, yeah, they I have pictures, you know, when my father was in the music business, I had pictures of him at 22 years old and he's got more crow's feet than I do, you know, at 49. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, people just looked older. I mean, um, yeah, it, it was a different time. Also, the life expectancy was a little different, too. <laughs> so. Yeah, sure it was. The, that photo, by the way, uh, is an FBI, not an FBI, it's actually a Santa Monica. That's uh, her mugshot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mugshot. Mm -hmm. she, she was arrested for underage drinking. She's 16. Yep. Um, and that's one of the reasons they were able to find. Here you go. Here's the, here's the whole mugshot. It's funny. That you look at her profile and, you look, and she looks like a fully grown woman in her 30s. Mm -hmm. um, but there's her fingerprint. That's how they found her. Based on her fingerprint. This guy has been the subject of a lot of controversy, Amelia. You've been studying him. 
Yes. That Tell was, everybody. That's her fiance, uh, Major Matthew Michael Gordon at the time. Before, right. That she met. And he was, if now correct me, Amelia, if I'm wrong, but he was considered an early suspect and he was uh, questioned and released. Is that correct? Well, I believe that he, um, well, I think he passed away or something like that before. Um, I think as they were engaged. In oh, the was he the one that died? Okay, yeah, he's okay, the one yeah. that passed away, uh, right? And then got she it. moved to California. Okay, got it. Got right it, got before it. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew she had uh, connections with somebody who died. I wasn't sure if it was mm -hmm. this gentleman, mm -hmm. the major. Mm -hmm. um, best suspect yet in slaying of Black Dahlia. Okay, now you're going to see some, some other headlines about the Dahlia. Here is the photo I spoke of. Amelia, tell everybody who this gentleman is. Isn't that the nightclub owner that uh, that we were talking about earlier? Yeah. He was a suspect, again, questioned and released. Um, there is the photo I spoke of mm -hmm. that the Dahlia had this blanket on her, this, mm -hmm. this cover. When the police arrived and took that off, you're going to see what they found. Again, there's a, a picture of Elizabeth Short wearing, at that time, um, considered a fairly risque bathing suit. Uh, today, it would be passe. Mm -hmm. um, there were headlines every day, some multiple times a day. The gentleman you're looking at, uh, a very interesting guy. His name is, I'm going to tell you right now. George Hill Hodel. George Hodel was a medical student slash teacher um, who had an incredible knowledge of the human body, who specialized in a particular, and I'm going to make sure I read this right to you because it's a funky word that I don't know. <laughs> I know. I couldn't pronounce that word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, he specialized in a procedure in med school and it was called a here it is it was called a hemor hemicorporoectomy thank you hemicorporoectomy <laughs> i could not pronounce it's a that medical word. procedure that slices the body Beneath the lumbar spine. There you and go. that is precisely oh. where she was cut. Uh-huh. Wow. Odell's father had been a doctor who had attended medical school when this procedure was being taught in the 1930s. 1930s, yes. So the guy, by the way, uh, interesting, Karen, if you don't know this one, but George Hodell's son, Stephen Hodell, was a police officer with the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, and when his father passed away, he naturally went into his dad's archives and went through some things and see what was there. Um, lo and behold, he came across a lot of stuff connected to the Dahlia, including handwritten notes. Interesting. That matched some of the notes written in the Dahlia case. Um, also, he had evidence that the police didn't have. He also had um, a wealth of pictures from Elizabeth Short's personal collection 
No one knows how he got them other than he would have had the bin either in her company and received them from her or took them post-mortem. What do you think? Is there anywhere to see these pictures? <laughs> well, you're going to see some of them tonight. And he wrote a book um, about it. His son wrote a book about this as well. Yeah, sure did. This is George Hodel. Dr. Hodel was an interesting character. Um, and again, we're going through. Uh, and, and did you guys ever hear about this? I came across this headline. And I never heard of this before. That she was planning a trip. Um, not that I know of. Maybe this was a last minute trip, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Um, trip planned by Slanger re uh, reveal Elizabeth Short sought to get information for Alaska. She was looking to go to Alaska. Uh, hmm. With a red-haired man, she asked, facts, um, was the day before the murder, the witnesses say. So apparently the day before she gets killed, she's looking to go to Alaska. Hmm. Um, Karen, would you be wanting to go to Alaska if you needed to get away? Or how about you, Amelia? Alaska? Not Alaska. I choose somewhere else. <laughs> somewhere warm. Somewhere right? warm. <laughs> I'll be going to the island somewhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Okay. Immediately, they started calling the slaying referring to it as a sex crime i want you to take a look at this again sex fiend slaying victim identified by fingerprint records of fbi now nobody knows in fact well yeah in fact we do know that there was no sexual intercourse there was no sexual yeah. molestation there were there was no there weren't any sexual organs to say that that she had been sexually abused well, hold on, hold on. They, so we don't know because yeah, they did swab it, but that that body was cleaned. That body was scrubbed clean. You're there making was, my points for me, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So they don't know that, but it's also funny how they twisted it to make her the sex fiend. That's what, yep. and that's the thing they made her the, they made the victim, the the victim, the victim. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's what they did. Yes, they just flipped it. So yeah. you know, there were headlines everywhere. Every yeah. day there was a headline. Craziness. Yeah. Here you go. The the um the That's Daily Mirror <laughs> in England. This is an English newspaper. Someone knows who killed it. Look the, the the sensationalism of the headline. That's that's still around, by the way. That newspaper is still around today. It's uh, it's uh, the UK version of the Inquirer. Yeah, yes. and in fact, I will tell you that one of the tabloids was involved in this case, and it was a reputable newspaper at the time. It is today the the National Examiner was a Los Angeles and still is a Los Angeles based newspaper. It's a tabloid paper today. But it was a legitimate source of news back in 1947 and prior. So, again, headlines galore. There's Elizabeth Short at age 13 and at age 18. 
So you're looking at her in various stages of development there. But she wanted to be an actress. Okay. Mm -hmm. Time to get a little graphic. So, folks, um, if there are small children, you don't want them to be here. Um, this is Elizabeth Short postmortem. This is the infamous Glasgow smile that we spoke about, also referred to as a Chelsea smile. Um, it is also the basis for the Joker in Batman. That's you can't make it up. It's just absolutely real. You can check it out. Um, this poor girl was absolutely decimated. Uh, again, you're looking at a before and after. Um, they had to open her eyes to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a grisly scene. But back in the day, they often took pictures mm -hmm. with the eyes open to get, you know, a, a sense of what the individual looked like in life. Um, Post-mortem pictures that Karen and I discussed on Tuesday. Post-mortem pictures are not just a thing, to, you know, to guile upon that are grisly. They are also a source of great education and information. So if you know what you're looking at, this, by the way, is an actual photo of the crime scene. You can see the body in the, the background. They are real detectives. They are real police officers. They are real cars from 1947. That is Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. Cut literally cut in half. Actually, where that police detective is standing, he's standing right in front of the severed part. And you're going to see more. Again, now you see uh, the same shot from a different angle. Of course, more police and reporters. The the remarkable thing to me, and I just I I still. I shake at the thought of it sometimes is that the police and the reporters were gathering together, smoking cigarettes, smoking cigars, contaminating a crime scene. <laughs> this is the case before we knew, you know, evidentiary value of DNA and before we knew what contamination to DNA can do. But this is what police work was like. That's the body of Elizabeth Short covered with the blanket. That's how they found her. If you look at that blanket, Karen Rayner, you can clearly see the indent yes. where the separation is. Amelia, do you see that? Yes, I do. It's right okay. there. Mm -hmm. You can see her arm like this above her head. Okay. Her arms were placed like that above her head. To it make it look like one whole body. And they were bent at the elbows. Mm -hmm. They could have placed their arms like this, but they were placed bent very specifically for a reason. Again, it has a, a, a significance of... Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Okay, folks. Um, Got to so, tell everybody, you are looking at a photo of Elizabeth Short. She is on... The uh, coroner's table. Um, there is that Glasgow smile. Um, the, you see the cut out of her breast right there. 
um, breast was removed. There is her spinal cord. Literally, her spinal cord is sticking out. And the rest of her body is sitting there. The eerie thing about this photo, and I didn't notice it until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Look at her hand. Yeah. She almost looks like she's grabbing the, the gurney. Mm-hmm. It's very, very bizarre. If you want to understand what a Glasgow smile is or a Chelsea smile, it's gruesome. You're taking a look at it up close and personal. That woman's whole face was bashed inside out. I got a question for you. Sure. Were her teeth removed or anything at all? There were teeth missing. There were teeth missing. I find it interesting that she had six teeth missing. Yeah. The body was scrubbed clean. You know, uh, her genitals were mutilated, you know, Mm -hmm. um, even her, I mean, it looks like they, they took her cheeks out. You couldn't even swab her cheeks for any type of material. There's nothing there. Yeah. Well, if you assume Karen, that her cheeks are, uh, upper right, you know, uh, right next to her eye, it doesn't leave much room for a cheek for sure. Yeah. There's nothing, uh, nothing there. I mean, this, it, it seemed like it, the person that would have done this, they knew exactly what to remove, what to take out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You are now looking at an actual photo from the crime scene. There you see her spinal column exposed you see the breast removed one breast removed actually not even the breast they they took they cut off the entire nipple Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the other breast is there Mm -hmm. again she's placed like this with her hands above her head almost as if to say i quit or i give up or like you were saying angela like she had been uh put upside down and the the blade the blood was yeah. draining down. It's it's very yeah. uh, ritualistic. It's mm-hmm. a very sadistic pose. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very very graphic photo. If you are listening on radio, be thankful you are. But I have to now describe what you're seeing. This is the lower extremity of the black dahlia. Her entire vaginal area had been cut out. There are literally knife and razor marks randomly all over, but there is no blood there. Above the vaginal area was a, and I hate to get graphic with you folks, but it was a a distended penis. She was a hermaphrodite. That's been proven factually. By the police, it was never released at the time, but we know now, some you know, all these many years later, seventy plus years later, uh, eighty—it's been a long time—that Elizabeth Short was in fact a hermaphrodite born with both sex organs. I think that's a little weird because it's way—it's high, too high up for that to be possible. That's why I say she had a distended penis. It was it it came out. It was almost as if just below her belly button, really, and that's that's where we're talking about. Yeah, 
And so, again, you're looking at an actual photo. It's a, frightening to think that this is a human being uh, and what somebody did to her. But, you know, the facts in this case are the facts. What we don't know, again, it's you can say what you know. We can see what we know. What we don't know, who done it, why they done it, and why did they place her in that very specific position? They went to the trouble of opening her legs and placing her hands above her head. You got to ask yourself the question, why? Why do that? Exactly. What's to gain? What's the Somebody, if you're looking at this now in 2022, that picture sends a message. The message is put together the pieces of this puzzle and you'll find me. They didn't understand that back in 1947. Perhaps somebody watching this can solve this case. Put together the pieces of this puzzle. Yes. And uh, Mr. Hodell yeah. left a lot of clues because, yeah. lo and behold, yes, he fled the country. And guess where he fled to? The Philippines. Yeah. That's another question mark right there. And that's, um, that's how she was found. Yes. Uh, again, there is uh, at her, at the place where she was found today in 2022, there is a plaque there. It was placed there in 1993. It is still there to this day. Uh, and it has her a short biography. She was born July 29, 1924. She lived at 115 Salem Street. The site now occupied by the Interstate 93 Rotary. She attended Medford High School, blah, 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 all this other stuff. On January 15th, her severed and mutilated body was discovered in a vacant Los Angeles lot. Newspapers, books, and magazines, motion pictures, yada, yada, have been written. Slaying of Medford's, they're claiming her. The slaying of Medford's Black Dahlia continues to remain a mystery. Medford Historical Society, 1993. Uh, and so that's pretty gruesome stuff. Let's get into the roundtable now. Um, let's talk in depth a little bit about Dr. George Hodel, the guy, the very nice man by all accounts, very intelligent, very articulate, uh, incredibly likable. He looks like a piece of shit in that, that photo that you see with her. He looks like a controlling Svengali, but they say that he was a very sweet, nice, cordial Affable guy. What do you make of that, Amelia? Well, I mean, when you, um, when, well, let's see, not really a nice guy to me, especially if. Uh, well, don't be shy. Tell me what you think. <laughs> well, I mean, his daughter accused him of sexually, her, you know, sexual molestation. Exactly. One. Well, go so ahead. To there me, that's not a nice guy. That's, you're one. getting into what I want you to I, talk about. Go no ahead. Way. There you go. Uh uh. No. That guy could. Let's talk jail about like this, this sweet, <laughs> affable guy. They say uh, no. he was sweet and wonderful and nice guy, but Amelia points out facts. 
No. He tried to rape his daughter. I think he did. I don't think he tried. I think he did. I think he did, too, based on the testimony she gave. Absolutely. And he got away with it. And, of course he did. You know why? Because money talks and bullshit oh, yeah. walks. And he killed a secretary. He absolutely. absolutely. I believe. Well, here's the thing. I believe he did. Absolutely. But there's no proof that he did. Well, other than uh, testimony that can be proven. Based on what he said. Yes. Based on what he said. Um, and the police had his room surveillance as well. Here you go. Here's what he said. George Hodel was overheard telling someone, realized there was nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head, cover her with a blanket, get a taxi. Hold on, Amelia. Expired 1259. Expired is the term he used. He didn't say she died at 1259. He said expired 1259. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now that the now they may have figured it out. Killed her, quote unquote. He continued to say, suppose that I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. <laughs> he made sure they couldn't speak to his secretary. Exactly. Yeah, she's dead anyway, so they can't talk to her. Even oh. after this, here's the, Karen, I want you to comment on this. Even after this shocking revelation, which seems to support that George Hodel killed Elizabeth Short and possibly his secretary, the Black Dahlia case still hasn't been officially closed. However, this hasn't stopped Steve Hodel from investigating his father. He's still yes. uh, investigating his father in absentia. His father has been long dead now. But he's still in 2022 investigating his dead father. This guy knows something that no one, uh, oh, no other human being knows. He's got something, some piece of evidence, Karen Rayner, some, some piece of tidbit of information, some hidden gem. He's got something. What does he have? <laughs> You're asking me. <laughs> yes, I am. I was actually just reading a little bit about a uh, a Lloyd Wright house that he bought, yes. um, which is kind of cool. And I didn't know that he was a VD doctor. So he yes. was the guy that everybody went to and he had afforded him this Frank Lloyd, you know, Wright house. Yep. Yep. And Absolutely. it has... Uh, it's kind of cool. I'm I'm looking at all of this cool stuff, but there's actually there was passageways and all sorts of stuff going on. Oh, this, this, this guy was into some crazy stuff. Let me tell you something. Yes, yes. Uh, George Hodel was an outside the box kind of guy. That's yes. why I think he's the guy. Because everything screams outside the box on this case. It had to be done perpetrated by a guy that was just on the fringe enough to get away with what he was doing, but still a part of the community and a well-respected member of the community that no one would suspect them. Hmm. Even that the police liked them. Oh, yes. Enough to where he could get away with it and still go on with his little merry life, go back to the Philippines, come to the United States, do his little 
doctor stuff that he had to do, conventions, yeah, go back to the Philippines. Yeah, he go back and forth, Amelia, to mm -hmm. the Philippines and back. Yeah. And Philippines. And remember that you were saying earlier, rituals, Philippines. Yeah, absolutely. And everything, come back, do what he had to do. They're very back. traditional, very ritualistic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, they still practice Santeria. Yes, they always, and especially in Africa, like you were saying, and all that, and they bring it here. And so I, I have a strong feeling that his son hit the nail on the head. And of course, he can't prove it. He went back to the LAPD and, and went to the district attorney, said, look, right. I got more proof. But the district attorney said, see the cases right well, there? They're still unsolved. I got proof right there. Let me um, comment on that uh, since you, you mentioned um, mm -hmm. that. Um, Karen, you lived in L.A. at the time that Stephen Kay was the district attorney there. And Stephen Kay, um, who is still very much alive, no longer the district attorney of Los Angeles, um, Stephen Kay promised Steve Hodell, if you get me more information on your father and you can prove that he's the Dahlia, I'll use my poll to reopen the case. <laughs> well, it's 2022 and that case still hasn't been reopened. Um, despite the fact that the Steve, uh, that uh, Stephen K is no longer the district attorney of Los Angeles. Um, do you think he was out of line making that kind of, uh, verbose statement. Uh, it's kind of out there. What do you think? Talk to me. You know, if it, if it's the same DA that or a district attorney that I'm thinking of, his daughter was quite the wild party animal and a shithead. That's her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's her. Yeah, she was a thief. But anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she was. She was you something else. You catch me with liquid in my mouth. I'm sorry, <laughs> oh. but I, I remember her, and she was a freaking thief. Um, anyway, spew my water out all over my studio here. <laughs> Listen, you know, I got a lot of Hollywood stories, but that's like a whole other book or something. But um, yes, it, it. Well, let me tell. Speaking of Hollywood, I told Amelia today, uh, and I'll share this with you. We are going to do a part two of the Black Dahlia on October the 27th. And we are going to have a representative of the Los Angeles Police Department with us. Because as I confirmed it today, the Black Dahlia case is still open, active, and being investigated in 2022. Somebody got a hold of this case and reopened it. Not that it's ever been closed, but it's been called a cold case. It's no longer a cold case. It's a, it is an active, warm case that, that, that's being pursued. Karen, um, your thoughts as we close out this episode? So I, I'm, I'm reading a little more about Hodel. And, you know, I stated in the beginning that I, I think that it was definitely a ritualistic type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um you know, coupled with the Frank Lloyd house after the accusation um, from his daughter, um, he had stated, and, and I'm going to quote this because I think it's hilarious. He was delving into the mystery of love in the universe because mm -hmm. he used to host little orgies and all of that. He yeah. was the, he was the epicenter of secrecy when it came to being a Hollywood doctor. It's kind of like Larry Flint, you know, Larry Flint yeah. had doctors on payrolls, you know, yeah, and they would come and 
-hmm. bring him some dope and he'd hand him a oh, stack sure. of cash, you know? Oh, yeah. And so did Elvis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and that's mm -hmm. just, you know, some of the things. I mean, shit, Rick had somebody come to the back door at the bathroom, you know, and give sure. him a bad check. But it was Absolutely. just, you know, it, it, it's just interesting. He was, uh, you know, the person that comes to mind is like an Aleister Crowley type, to be honest. Yeah. With you. Mm -hmm. he, was, yeah. he was, I mean, he was, uh, he was smart. He was good looking. He had, yep. you know, multiple wives and he had money and he, he had some power there because he was that go-to guy. And I'm sure, you know, the VD was running rampant over there. Well, it's you know? interesting you say that, um, bringing up the Crowley reference. There were people who believed that the Dahlia was the victim of a, an early L.A. cult. So we didn't mention that there was B.D. carved into her leg. Right. And you're going to you're going to actually. Uh, well, actually, you're going to see. Let's take a look at it. I think you can see it on. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Forward through it. Hold up. I'm going to forward yeah. through it. Because you're going to see, I believe you can see it in the photos. Mm -hmm. um, come on, where are we at? Okay. You're going to start, I believe. Here we go. All right, come on. Here's, that's the body mm -hmm. as it was found. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Uh, yeah, couldn't. Okay. That's the, the mortuary photo. That's the Glasgow smile. Okay, you're going to see her lower extremities. Okay. Uh, it would have been, Karen, if I'm not mistaken, it would have been the right leg. I'm sorry, yes. the, the the right leg, and it would have been right around mid-thigh, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so I don't know if you can see it on here. I can barely right. make it out, but I think that I can actually see it. Can you make it out on there? Uh, I, I can't, but I, you know, mm -hmm. another thing, another thing that comes to mind is who actually was the one that said she was a hermaphrodite. I'd Los like Angeles, to, Los yeah, Angeles Police Department. I don't believe whatever the Los Angeles Police Department say or whoever's on the payroll doing that. I, I still, honestly, I still believe that that is too mm -hmm. high. Um, it, it doesn't work that way, but, mm -hmm. um, this is this is definitely a ritualistic thing. I, I don't care yeah. what they wrote, honestly. Yeah, I, that's I that's the that's the police file. Yeah, but that's, they that's can the they can do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, look at OJ. Well, true. I mean, I, I can own. Yeah, look, I'm not oh, going to call the LAPD wrong. Uh -huh. I, right. What I am going to say is that there are there are infinite possibilities with this case. There yeah. really are. That's mm -hmm. why I warned people. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I warned people ahead of time on this because this is a was and still is quite a divisive case. It is also a brutal 
you know, just from a human standpoint, it's a brutal case. Yes. Um, you know, understand something that when you're talking about such a, a high profile visibility mm-hmm. that, you know, you're seeing this body come up on you in public. Um, you it's a it's a fight or flight you know mentality at this point. You know, mm-hmm. you're a, a woman walking with her kid. Do you run from the scene or do you stay there, mm-hmm. make observations, take notes in your head? Mm-hmm. You know, because nobody had a cell phone or camera back in no. the day. You know, we just like remembered what we saw, mm-hmm. it's etched into our brain, and okay, now I'm gonna find a way to call the police. The woman walked. Remember them pay phones they used to have. Them, right. You know. You know Luckily, what? Go ahead, Karen. I just, I just had a little. Have you guys ever seen Eyes Wide Shut? Absolutely, Tom Cruise. Okay. So mm-hmm. it kind of, it kind of reminded me of that with uh, that movie Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a gentleman. His name was Red Manley. Okay, Red. Um, yeah. And he was, he was a typical, I call them pimps, because what it is, is they will find girls and they will bring the girls to the um, uh, talent agents, okay? The talent agents pay them a little bit of money, so on and so forth. That's how I met my ex-husband. So the the thing is, is that, uh, you know, she was actually, she was staying at the Biltmore. She was going to be going back to Boston with her sister. She was someone that was absolutely insignificant, insignificant in Hollywood. She was a perfect, um, perfect person to just snatch up, use for ritualistic purposes and then dump her body, you Mm know? Um, And he, he also strikes me as someone that, yeah, he didn't have anything to do with it. That's why he passed his lie detectors. Yeah. he brought those girls, man, and they're still doing stuff like that. Karen, you and I know Los Angeles pretty well. I know a corner. I'm not going to mention the corner. There is a corner on Hollywood Boulevard um, where Greyhound buses turn yes. this corner. You know what yes. I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention. Don't mention the street. But Greyhound buses turn this corner every day with Hollywood hopefuls. These young, starry-eyed men and women, boys and girls, I should say, and they're not men and women, they're kids. Right. They go to Hollywood. They're they're going to be the next James Dean. They're going to be the next, uh, uh, you know, uh, Sharon Tate. They're going to be the next whomever. Interesting I said those two names. Right. Right. Um, But that's how many of them end up. They, They end up dead. And a lot of them come in in a $100,000 bus and Mm -hmm. leave, you know, on two broken soles and a thumb. The funny funny thing is when I wanted to go to L.A., I I remember um, it was Motley Crue. And it was girls, girls, girls video, right? Yeah. And back then, you know, I was it, it, it was like '98, and I was like, "Shit, I want to go to L.A." And so I did. <laughs> I, went on, I got on a bus, dumped a boyfriend, took my last paycheck, got on a bus, ended up in L.A. Yeah. And I remember going to all those places that were in the song, like you know, um, yeah. uh, the Body Shop, the Rainbow Room. I went yep. to uh, my the Seventh Veil, the Seventh yeah. Veil 
was all Ukrainian girls and it was yeah. all, um, you know, human trafficking. Yep. Sure. You was. I mean, it, it was, it all was a, over the hot, place. a hot spot and that's just the way it was. Um, Los Angeles was and still is the sex traffic capital of the world. Mm -hmm. It oh, yeah. really, really is. Well, that's what it's built on. And you've got a lot of stuff right now. I mean, that's what I said. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. When Amelia yeah. mentioned earlier in the show, perhaps the motive was financial. I said, no, it's sexual. Mm -hmm. Hollywood oh, built on sex. Mm -hmm. The well, whole that's town. That's how the small majority, the small amount that the, there's, there's a certain powers that be, and those are the ones that's how they control everything around them. Now, right sure. now, I mean, we have this whole me too thing coming out where you've yeah. got, you know, the Sharon stones, all of the older actresses saying, you know, Hey, screw you. And you've got a couple of sacrificial lambs, but it sure. doesn't mean that it's still not happening. It's a sure. male dominated business. Yeah, it's it always really been. Is. Always mm -hmm. has been, and the casting couch is still very much alive. We uh, had a guy on the show. <laughs> we had a guy. <laughs> we had a guy on the show. He's a, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of the show, Jeffrey Mark. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Mark is a, a flamboyant um, mm -hmm. homosexual performer. He's very proud to be a gay man, and I'm proud of him. Mm -hmm. um, Jeffrey knows a lot of the insiders. Jeffrey will tell you that Hollywood was built on. Gay Jewish men. Oh yeah, that's what Hollywood was built on. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, gay, gay mm -hmm. Jewish men. Lots of money, lots of aphrodisiac. You know, mm -hmm. their aphrodisiac is sex, money, rock and roll. Before there was rock and roll, mm -hmm. drugs, <laughs> you know, it's always been drugs. There were drugs back then. Mm -hmm. It's not a new thing, kids. I got news for you. It's not. You know, well, the good shit was back then. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the no pharmaceutical kidding. grade. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. <laughs> well, I want to tell everybody, um, we've mm -hmm. got uh, an incredible week coming up. I have yes. got, on Tuesday, mm -hmm. the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Yes. We will uncover awesome. the motive behind the Night Stalker. Some of his um, killings, uh, of course, he took credit for most of them. But surprisingly, and again, the mindset of the serial killer, um, he's not going to take credit for something he didn't do. Even though there are a half a dozen crimes, murders in the L.A. area that are being attributed to him. He says, no, man, I didn't do that. That's not my work. <laughs> We're going to get into the mind of the serial killer on Thursday with Dr. Anthony Tobiah. And Dr. Tobias is the Associate Professor of Psychiatry at Rutgers University here in oh. New Jersey. Uh, he is an incredible uh, person, fascinating individual to speak to. And he will bring one of his interns with him on the show. So we will have Dr. Tobias and Associate next Thursday. And we will talk about Tuesday, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. And... Uh, and I'll tell you what, we've got some, some hellacious shows coming. We're going to take a little okay. break, though. Uh, we're going to take a little break from the uh, the gruesome, you know, and gore to uh, <laughs> to bring back the writer's room for a week. Amelia, tell everybody about the writer's room. Who's coming on with us? Uh, I guess we're going to have um, uh, Alistair Cross, and we're going to have his other writing partner. We're going to have... Uh, Tamara. 
Tamara Thord. And they're actually what they've done. (laughs) No, because actually I was going to be telling you guys that they both decided to, you know how gas prices are going up and everything because of the economy. Uh, They actually decided to discount some of their books. So I think we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well. Terrific. We will also have uh, author D.W. Emer on the show, his new Mm -hmm. book, The Satan Gene. Mm -hmm. Fascinating book. It is a mixture of um, novel Mm -hmm. slash historical fiction Uh slash reality. There's a a lot of... Definitely. um, It's a big book. I got to tell you. Absolutely. And then we are going to do a special episode... That mm-hmm. I'm laying on you guys tonight because I found out something today and there's, uh-huh. something, there's something in the works here. Uh-huh. We are going to revisit Paul McCartney. Is Paul McCartney dead? Oh, good. As many people think. Is Billy Shears a real person? Is his uh-huh. name Billy Shepard? And uh-huh. is he Paul today? Mm-hmm. 83-year-old Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Had Paul lived, he would not be 83. He'd be 79. Because Billy is actually four years, maybe five years older than Paul was. Interestingly enough, I want you to do this. I want this. You got some homework. Everybody's got homework. <laughs> I want you to watch the Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. In that film, Paul McCartney, when asked, said he was 30 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. At the time he said that, biological Paul McCartney would have been 25 years old. Okay. Okay? Important to know that everything changed for the Beatles in 1966. Look Hmm. at the Revolver album. Look at Sgt. Pepper. Look at Mm -hmm. Abbey Road. Everything changed. They went from being bubblegum pop to being influenced by... I'll just show you right now on Sergeant Pepper. Mm-hmm. Alistair Crowley is on the cover. So is the only American, um, the only American rock star, mm-hmm. rock star on the album cover is Dion from Dion and the Belmonts. Okay. The only rock star, Dion from Dion and the Belmonts, Dion DeMucci, who well, I know- was fortunate enough. I actually sang on stage with Dion. That's true. Absolutely true story. <laughs> you know, uh, Jimmy Page bought Aleister Crowley's house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Page also had some horrific stories to tell about that place, too. Yes. Um, I don't know if Page is a Satanist. If he is, doesn't make any difference to me anyway, because I still like his music. Always have. <laughs> um, it's an interesting. Crowley was an interesting guy. Because he was fucking brilliant. Mm -hmm. But we are going, again, we're going to talk to Dr. Tobiah (laughs) Mm -hmm. on Thursday and see, is there a fine, there's a fine line, we know that, between genius and insanity. Right. I'm going to ask Dr. Tobiah, where is that line? What constitutes that line? And is it a tightrope walk or is it a flat foot walk? Right. You didn't know I was that smart, did you, Karen? <laughs> no, I knew I you had an idea. I, I'm just, you know, I kind of ride that line. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do too. 
<laughs> I know. I Sometimes well, we're playing on the insane. I want to tell everybody out there, we are welcoming your suggestions for the show. Um, if you have comments, uh, suggestions, uh, show ideas, we have a chat box here on the show. Uh-huh. People like Stephen Plim is here. We also um, have a poll going on, I want on my too. slaw is here. And God bless you, Slaw, for joining us. Um, we've got, uh, let's, oh, here you go. Our friend, uh, sports fan is here. Mm-hmm. All right, Kevin, Kevin Abreu, he's here. Um, so we have a chat box is what I'm showing mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So let us know if you've got some show ideas. Talk to us. We can, we'll answer you. Please. Um, hit us up here. You can, you can, uh, of course, join us on the show live anytime mm-hmm. you want. Yes. Um, or you can call us in at wrestlingwiththefuture at gmail.com. Email us there. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a phone number if you choose to use it. It's 609-389-9829. That is the show. That rings right here to the studio. And um, if you want to say something, you just want to talk or whatever, here, I, just give me a holler. Right. And I'll we also have a poll on our website at the What's the Buzz podcast. We still have the poll up. Tell them everybody about yes. it, Amelia. Yes, and uh, we have uh, a poll there with some suggestions. Um, please let us know if uh, you don't see a suggestion there that you'd like to see. Uh, like Angelo said, just hit him up on the phone number or his email. and Or if you see something there, just click on that, and we'll see what we could do uh, to bring uh, what you want to see. Because right now yep. it you is... You can the- reach us at wrestlingwiththefuture@gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can reach Amelia at aachap70 at... Gmail. GBM. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if it was Yahoo. No, uh, Karen Rayner can't be reached because she's in hiding in an undisclosed location. <laughs> we also are on Instagram as well. And I think Angelo put it to Angelo Thomas DeCipio instead of What's the Buzz? Okay. <laughs> did it I? His name. Yes, you did. <laughs> did I really? I think so. Well, change it back. I certainly will. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Did I do it? That's okay. And that? uh, I'm under, I think it's Amelia Texas Girl under my, um, let's see, the TikTok. And I think Angel has it under What's the Buzz podcast under his, on his TikTok. And we can right. Well, uh, what did I do to my Instagram? I think you just put it under your name, but I can fix did it. Did I really? Mm-hmm. And we can be reached on YouTube. Hold on a minute. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to check something out real quick because I'm looking. And uh, we can be reached on uh, the YouTube channel as well. No, it's not. It's it says what's the buzz podcast. Okay. It's I know I didn't change the name. Unless I changed it back. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're doing in my absence, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, this was a great show tonight, and it really was. A, mm-hmm. I can't wait till October 27th. We're going to have part two. Absolutely. Um, Amelia is going to contact. They have to, we have to send them a formal request, but yes. they said absolutely we'll do it. Um, so uh, she's going to send a request, a um, uh, interview request to LAPD, and uh, and request for that date, October twenty seventh, the Black Dahlia Part Two. There's so much to do here; it really is. I'll tell you what: for Karen Rapid Rover Rainer, for. <laughs> Wow. For Amelia the Pitbull Chapman, I am Angelo Mad Dog DeCipio. And take care, everybody. We'll see you next time on What's the Next Time.